We're going to dive into the Word here. I don't have a ton of time, and that's okay. We have, um, I've really felt like today has just really been like a family service. You know, honestly, I felt like today was like a family Sunday. In the first service, we talked a little bit about um, just the season that we're in uh, today. And um, it was interesting because I felt like during the first service, so many people came in and there just felt, I felt almost like this sense of, of heaviness. I don't know what it was. I was like, man, it seems like people are tired today. People are exhausted. You know, I don't know if people are bummed out, if they're discouraged, if they're disappointed. And so we just, we've been spending some time just praying, you know, for each person. And as we start today, we're going to read a, a, a passage of scripture. But as I share the word with you guys and hopefully encourage you, what I'm believing for is for you not just to get a word. I'm believing that you get an impartation of grace, that you would be strengthened with might in your inner man, that you'd be encouraged, that Jesus would lift up your head, and that you'd get a fresh perspective on what God is doing in your life. Because God is good, amen? And God is doing some amazing things in your life. And before you walk out of this room, Jesus himself is gonna give you a fresh perspective and you're gonna be renewed in strength by the Holy Spirit and you're gonna leave that parking lot different than the way that you walked in. Will you guys believe that? I believe that because I know God can do that and more, right? If we set the bar here, God's so good at going above and beyond everything that we could ask, think, or imagine. Amen? And so we're believing for that today. I want you to open up your Bibles to um, Exodus. It's the second book of the Bible, super easy to find on your app. But if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. I'm going to read verse 12 through 22 of chapter 33, and it'll be on the screen here so you can follow along. So I want to I speak to you guys a little bit today about the glory of God. We're in this new series called Glory and Wonder, and uh, we're going to go deep. Is that okay? Yeah. Just, I, 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 honestly, as I was preparing and I was studying for this message, I was praying, saying, God, is this the right thing in this season to share with our church? And I really just felt that, that the reason why some of us have felt tired, the reason why some of us have felt bombarded is because the enemy is trying to come against what God wants to do in this season by doing a deep spiritual work on the inside, renewing our spiritual vitality and releasing a wave of revival into our community. We just were walking out of this season of momentum, the sermon series last month, which I think was probably one of the best sermon series that we've ever done here at Legacy Nashville. And we're stepping into a season of glory and wonder. And that looks a lot like beholding Jesus unlike ever before, creating, establishing a more powerful connection with just Jesus than we ever have before. Amen. Anybody else want that in here? Awesome. So we're going to read from Exodus 33. Uh, 12 through 22. This is one of my favorite passages of the Bible. It says this, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways. Everybody say, teach me your ways. Now put a pin in that because it's very important that you remember what Moses is asking for here. So I may know you. This is important. Everybody say, I may know you. you. How many of you guys know there's a difference in feeling God and knowing God? That I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. 
That's a good thing, huh? Can we speak that out over our mission team today that we're sending out? My presence will go with you, Justin, and I will give you rest. That's a great promise. And then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Now, guys, I want to say that's a mindset of a world changer. Someone who refuses to move in any direction that God's presence is not leading them. How many of you guys know that what you, what you birth in the flesh, you got to steward by the flesh? But what you give birth to in the spirit, God's spirit stewards through you. And so Moses says, well, how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us, right? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? How many of you guys know that we are supposed to be distinguishable? But as the people of God, we are supp- we're supposed to look different. We're supposed to act different. We're su- people are supposed to experience us differently than they do just everyone because we are the people of God with the presence of God with us. Amen? And so he says, And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you. Everybody say, I know you. I know. This is important. By name. Everybody say, by name. By name. It's also important. Next one. Then, then Moses said, now show me your glory. Anybody ever said that before? That's a scary prayer right there, man. You got to be bold to pray that to God. Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all of my goodness. Everybody say, all my goodness. All my goodness. Not oh my goodness, but all my goodness, right? To pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name. Everybody say that part. And I will proclaim my name. The Lord in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no one may see me and live. And then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. I love this passage of scripture. How about you guys? I think this is one fascinating story. If you're looking at it through the lens of theology, this is what theologians call a theophany, okay? So there's multiple theophanies in the Bible, and it's any time when man sees God, okay? It's when God steps out of eternity into time, and he reveals himself to human beings. These things are called theophanies. And so what we're seeing here in the Bible in Exodus 33, we're seeing a theophany. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't become a Christian just to punch my time clock at church. I became a Christian because I wanted to have a theophany. I wanted to see God. I wanted to behold the glory of God. And when I first got saved, you guys, I got to tell you, I was ravenously hungry for the presence and the person of Jesus. Anybody else in here? You guys know what I'm talking about? It's what the Bible calls our first love. It's when we care way more about the person of God than we do the principles of the church. And there ain't nothing wrong with the principles of the church. But a lot of times what we do is once we go along and we're saved for a little bit longer, we start to marry ourselves to the principles of the church and we forget about the presence of the Most High God. We we look at our piety as being, okay, well, I punched my time clock. I went to church on average in America. The average American goes to church about 28 times a year. So they're at about 28 Sundays. And that has become our standard for righteousness these days. But you're not righteous because you go to church. You're righteous because you behold God's glory and he transforms you into his image. And when I started to read this passage of scripture when I first got saved, I thought to myself, I got to have that. You ever read the Bible before and said, I got to have that. 
That's how I felt whenever I read this passage of scripture. I was like, I gotta, have, I gotta experience that. I gotta know that. I gotta see that. You know, I didn't know much about the Bible. I didn't know how to study the Bible. But here's what I did know. I did know that the New Testament was superior to the Old Testament. If you know that, just say amen. amen. So when I saw and read that Moses experienced the glory of God, I thought to myself, how is it that a superior blessing could be reserved for an inferior covenant? I said, if Moses could see God, that means I can see God because I've been blessed uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ and he's paved the path for me to have an encounter with Father God. So if Moses could be hidden in the cleft of the rock, if Moses could see the glory of God, if Moses could behold the goodness of God, if Moses could hear God say, I'm gonna proclaim my name to you, then that means I should be able to do that too. I should be able to experience God in that same way. And, I, and I'm hungry to experience God in that same way. That's why when you first get saved, you're weird, right? Everybody thinks you're strange. Everybody's like, what's wrong with you? You're a weirdo. You, all you ever talk about is Jesus, and you talk about Jesus like on a first-name basis, right? Because you're not talking about him like he's some deity in the sky. You're talking about him like he's your BFF. What's that about? You're strange. You're weird. He started telling people, man, I prayed for an hour today. Like, an hour? Ain't nobody got time for that. An hour? No, what? No way. And you're like, yeah, I started a Bible reading plan. I'm reading the Word. I'm digging into the Scriptures. You know, I'm, I'm going after Revelation. Why are you doing that? You're Bible nerd. Didn't you go to school for theology? That season's over in your life. But there's just something about that first love, you know? It's all about relationship and has zero to do with religion. Right? It's, it's, I think it's highly unfortunate, and I think that if we were vulnerable and transparent with one another, and I'm raising my hand right along with you, that a lot of times what ends up happening is the surrender switch that we turn on when we get saved, we turn off just a few months later, and we're like, you know what? It's pretty tough to continue to follow God like this. It's pretty hard to do this. And it's not hard. It's just hard to do that and preserve the status quo. Because the gospel is a divine challenge to the world as it is. And if you're going to be a presence-driven person, the gospel is going to confront your world every single day and change is going to be demanded of you because God is a God of transformation and not an idol. A lot of people talk to me about milk and about meat. You guys know the difference between the two? Uh, Pastor, now give me some meat. Give me the word, pastor. Give me some meat. I want some meat. I'm tired of that milk. You know, I don't want to just hear about salvation. I want some meat. I want some revelation. You guys ever heard that before? You know what the difference between milk and meat is? It's the presence of conviction. Until you can deal with the word of God confronting your life and convicting you of your sin, you're not ready for meat because that's what meat is. I'm trying to encourage you. <laughs> and that's the invitation, you know, that's the invitation that God makes to every single human being. He says, hey, listen, because I sent Jesus, you now have the opportunity to experience me. Like you get an all access VIP pass into heaven, 365, 24 hours a day. You can have God encounters in the same way that Moses had the God encounter. But unfortunately, 
Far too often as the church, we don't want to go up the mountain and experience God ourselves. We want to send a Moses to do our bidding for us. That's exactly what happened in this, in, in this scripture in Exodus whenever, you know, they, they speak to Moses and they say, you know what, Moses, you just go up there and you talk to God and then you come back and you tell us what he says and then we'll do that. You guys remember that? God's like, hey, bring all the Israelites up. And they're like, no, I'm scared, right? No, it's okay, just go up. You know why I think they were scared? I don't think it was the thunder or the lightning or the cloud. I think they were scared of what it was gonna cost them to get closer to God. And they were more tied to their possessions than they were the presence of their Savior. They said, I would go up the mountain, but then I'd have to leave that behind. I would go up the mountain, but then I'd have to forgive that guy. I would go up the mountain, but then I'd have to deal with my idolatry. I would go up the mountain, but then I'd have to confront the issues that I have with money. I would go up the mountain, but then I'd need to get some, some healing in my heart. I would go up the mountain, but, you know, I just don't think that I'm ready for that kind of connection yet. And I don't really think I have that kind of time. And God doesn't know all the stuff that's going on in my life anyway. You know, I'm really dealing with this and I'm, I'm dealing with that and... At least I gave some money in the offering and I'll probably make it to church 24 more times this year. And, and God's like, no, 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 no. See, see, I, I'm not asking just the priest to go up because I don't want just the priest to go up and come back and tell you what I told him. I don't want you getting secondhand revelation. I want you getting firsthand bread. And I'm inviting you into the presence. I'm saying, come on up the mountain. It doesn't matter what it costs you. I know it'll, it'll hurt in the minute, you know, in the, in the moment. But when you see me, everything compared to my presence will seem like rubbish. And he's saying, well, come on up the mountain. Come on up the mountain. Nah, you know, I'm good. I'll just get the word on Sunday. Nah, I'm good. Actually, I got podcast. I ain't driving all the way to East Nashville. Fine. I'm good. I'm all right. And then there's God saying, no, come on up. Because I'm ready to be vulnerable with you. I'm ready to open my heart to you. I'm ready to talk to you about my goodness. I'm ready to proclaim my name to you. Notice that whenever he put Moses in the cleft of the rock, he walked past and he showed his backside to him. He showed him his butt. He got vulnerable. He got vulnerable with this creation. He said, this is how vulnerable I'm willing to be with you. If you'll only desire my glory, I will open up and I will be vulnerable and I will show myself and I'll tell you what I'm really like and I will expose you to my nature. That's the invitation that all of us get. And when we say, nah, I'm good, we'll just send another dude. What happened when Moses came down the mountain? He walked down the mountain and he hears all these shouts and he's thinking maybe they're having a party, but guess what they'd done? They'd created an idol. And see, that's what eventually happens when you rely on someone else to have intimacy with God for you. You end up creating an idol in your own image of God and worshiping that and justifying your spirituality there instead of going into the mountain of God and getting the revelation that he has for you for yourself. That's the invitation that God gives us. He said, I, don't, I want you. Like I died for you. I mean, I died for that guy too. But look, hey, you cannot outsource your responsibility to be intimate with God to your leadership because he died for you, not just the leadership. He purchased your soul. He purchased your intimacy. He purchased your heart. He purchased everything on the inside of you. He wants to see it. He wants to look at it. And he wants you to look into him. Yeah. Yeah. 
But when we refuse the call, when we don't make the trek, you know what ends up happening? I find this to be interesting, is that we struggle with the revelation that God is really good. You know, I can always tell how much time someone spent exposing their heart to the presence of God in prayer by how good they believe God is. Because we struggle with the revelation that God is good when we're prayerless. The difference between being prayerless and being prayed up is knowing that God is good. Because see, what he says to Moses, he says, if you come up here and you take a look, I'm going to let my goodness, I'm going to let my goodness pass before you. Now, I don't know about you guys. I'm not really a quality time love language guy. That's not really my, that's like, like, like my worst love language. I kind of suck at that. I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, for me, it's like if I see someone like seven months later after seeing them once, I'm like, yo, what's up? How's it going, man? So good to see you. Let's go. Let's hang. You know, tell me about your life. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You haven't seen me in like seven months. Don't you care? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, what are you talking about? You know, because for me, it doesn't, it doesn't like, you know, I'm getting better. Y'all pray for me. Intercede, saints. Okay, I'm trying. All right, I'm trying. Uh, but for me, that's, you know, that's kind of like my love languages. And, um, but, you know, what I realized is, is that even when I go a long time without talking to somebody, that I know is a good person, what I realize is if I only observe them from afar, I start to question their character. Wow. You guys ever done that before? Yeah. Where you don't get to connect with somebody very much, but then you, 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 you watch them on Instagram, you're like, why are they doing that? Oh, it's just me? Okay. So, you know, you know what's, what's their problem? Man, they're going in that direction. Man, I can't get with that. They must be a bad person. They must have walked away from God. They must not be praying anymore. They must not be, you know, whatever it is that we judge them with because their sin looks different than ours. They must, man, they must be this and that. You know, it kind of happens the same way with the Lord. When we go without connecting with him, we forget about how good his nature really is. And we start to allow culture and society to define God for us rather than going to God ourselves and hearing from him directly and being exposed to his goodness. Whenever we go to God directly and we spend time in his glory, we start to understand God is truly good. It doesn't matter what's going on in our world. doesn't matter what's going on in our life. doesn't matter who's talking about us. doesn't matter who's gossiping because that's what was happening to Moses. He was like, you said if I lead these people. And then he's got his own brother and his sister murmuring and backbiting against him while he's up meeting with God. But notice that he does, none of that stuff changes his opinion of his God. Why is that? Because he was meeting with God face to face. And he got to see what God was really like. In the process as well, God said, I'm going to proclaim my name to you. I'm going to proclaim my name. See, when God reveals his glory, he also reveals his name. Which is why we know today that God is Jesus, right? Jesus is what God has to say, amen? amen? And so when we say in Jesus' name, it's not just a nice little conventional fancy ending to a prayer. That's actually us bringing the glory of God. Wow. When we say in Jesus' name, when we pray for somebody for healing, we're actually releasing the glory of God. Yeah. Do you guys know, and I mentioned this just a moment ago, but there is a big difference in feeling God and knowing God. But I know a lot of believers that justify their relationship with God because they feel him. And see, Christianity is not, is, is, is not about positive vibes. 
You coming to church has very little to do with all your feels. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm messing with people today. I'm, I am trying to mess with you a little bit, okay? I want to shake you a little bit, all right? I want to shake you a little bit because if, just I want to shake everything that can be shaken. I've been praying all week, man, preaching all week. God, send the fire of heaven and burn up everything in me that doesn't bring you glory. It's another scary prayer. See, because it's impossible to behold the glory of God and stay the same. But some of the reason why we don't pray is because we don't want to change. I would pray, but I'm afraid of what God's going to ask me to do. That's not the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is not being afraid of getting close to God. The fear of the Lord is being afraid of getting away from God. I would pray, but I don't really want to change. I feel like I got everybody's attention right now. <laughs> yeah, come on. So here's the thing, right? Like, people are like, man, that, if you, do you watch This Is Us? Yeah, of, well, of course, every good Christian should. You know, um, no, it's a, it's a good show. And, and one of the things that, that we always, you know, we cry after every episode. Well, I pretend, I, I, don't, I pretend not to cry. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm totally fine. You guys should watch it. It's good. Um, anyways, so that show just gets all up in your feels, right? I saw Kev on stage today. I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram. He's hilarious. You should follow him. He was crying, talking about this is us. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is this, is that church is not about God getting all up in your feels, all right? You cannot justify your spirituality by crying in worship at church. One of the reasons why is because when you walk into the room, your ability to get a goosebump is not what makes you a passionate Christian. Because the glory of God is not what you feel. The glory of God is what you know. That's why he said, I want to know you, God. And God said, yeah, I want to know you. Undoubtedly, man, he had an experience. He had feelings. He got goosebumps. He saw the light. He saw the cloud. He saw the smoke. He saw the fire. Let's go a step further and say he saw miracles. He heard other good sermons. He saw God do amazing things through other people's lives. He watched other people have intimacy with God. That's called spiritual pornography. But see, some people justify their relationship with God by watching other people have intimacy. Spiritual pornography. Okay, I've, I gotta stop. It's time for me to quit. All right, so I have just—I've not even looked at my notes. I just exited the notes. I'm just like I'm fine. It's whatever. So here, okay. A lot of times, what we mistake—we mistake—we mistake God's presence for God's power. Okay, there's a difference between the two. One is about feeling God. The other thing is about knowing God. All right, we can experience God's power. That's what we feel, but God's presence is something that we know. Because it's not about his hands, it's about his person. And far too often we seek God for the blessing rather than seeking the blessor. God, man, if you could just bless me. Lord, if you could just give me another blessing. Lord, if you could just, you know. 
Like, that's not real relationship. If the only time I spent any time with my wife or got intimate with my wife was when I wanted something, then I would be manipulating her and not engaged in a covenant. And God will not be manipulated. God's willing to show himself to you. But to see him, we got to approach him rightly. You guys ever notice that whenever Moses saw the burning bush, he began to approach and God said, take off your shoes. Because this is holy ground. See, to approach God every now and then, we need to take some stuff off. And whatever that is that separates us, us from the holy place, we got to remove it. we got to step in there saying God I want to see you and I already know what your desire is because he's told us I want you to come close but here's why because I want to make you like me and if God is nothing else God is holy but I think far too often we come to church asking for a burning bush experience but refuse to take off our shoes nah I'll watch it. Wow, look at that. Burning bush. Saw the power, but never get to know the ways. And that's what Moses asked. He said, I want to know your ways. I don't just want to see your power. I've seen your power. You've been leading me for 40 years, you know. I look up in the sky every night, and there's a, there's a ball of fire. Wowzers. Every day, you know, we step out on a journey, we leave camp, and there's a, there's a huge cloud, and that leads us. I put a serpent up on a step. Everybody who looked at it got healed. Wow. That's amazing. We got way too many ministry school students that have seen God's power, but don't know God's ways, which is why it's so easy for them to fall away. If you... If you only know the acts of God, but you never get to know the ways of God, you'll betray when times get tough. But when you understand the ways of God, not just the acts of God, times can get tough, and your only confession will be, God is good. God is good. God is good. And I know His name. And His name is Jesus. And Jesus is King. Which means every other system is an imposter and it has to bow its knee to Jesus. And it doesn't matter what happens in my life. It doesn't matter where God sends me. It doesn't matter about the thunder. It doesn't matter about the lightning. It doesn't matter how high I have to climb or how low I have to go. I know that God is good. And when nobody else knows what he's doing or why he's doing it, I know that I have an intimate opportunity to know his ways not just his acts it's a difference between seeking the hands of God and seeking the heart of God it's a difference between God lay your hands on me saying I don't care if you lay your hands on me just give me a hug I want you I need you I'm desperate for you I long for you and even if you never give me anything else you're enough 
When I started praying this prayer, you guys, I remember a pastor told me one time, he said, you keep doing this, you're going to be like an alien in this world. You're going to be like a, a foreigner. You're going to be a, a strange person in this life. If you keep doing this, if you keep this up, if you keep going after the glory of God like this, you're going to end up very different. And you're going to be, you, you may end up misunderstood, but it's all going to be worth it. I want you, I want to, I want you to know, keep going. And I didn't share this first service and I'm going to share it now, but you know, one day I was in worship and, and um, you, when you're in the glory of God, you're not even aware of your surroundings because the glory of God cancels self. That's the reason why Moses had to wear a veil when he came off the mountain because the flesh self had been canceled. It's why when sin entered the garden, Adam and Eve said, we're naked. It wasn't that they were naked all along. They were clothed in the glory before. And when the glory lifted was the first time they'd ever been naked. And I, I was in worship. I lift up my hands and say, God, I want you. I want you, God. I want your glory. Show me your glory. And I, I had this vision. You guys believe in visions? You guys believe in using a divine imagination to engage with the scripture? And I, I, was, I was worshiping and I... I it was like I looked down and I was just flying like super fast just over the globe and I could see the nations below me and there was white ripe harvest fields of grain all over the nations and I was like flying and I was like wow this is awesome and I looked up and I saw the footsteps of Jesus and he was running in front of me and I, I like I reached out and I tried to grab him and I missed. I was like, Wah! I didn't catch him. But I'm still moving at that speed. And then again, I'm like, Wah! and that time I like, boom, caught him by the ankle. And he's going faster than I was. So I'm like, Wah! and then I reach up and I bam with the other hand, I get him by the thigh. And I'm just working my way up, <laughs> you know, to grab hold of him. And finally, I get him by his waist. And he's just running. And I'm holding on to him. And my legs are just dangling. And then all of a sudden he stops. And he turns around, looks at me in the face, said, What do you want? And in that moment, you guys, I'm telling you, I didn't know who was around me. I was in a church of 2,000 people. I don't know if the worship was over. I don't know if the worship was still gone. They might have been taking offering. I might have been just over here in my own zone, the throne zone. And I'm like, I'm just worshiping. I don't even care. I don't even care like that the ushers would have had to pick me up. So I was, I was with Jesus. And in that moment, I knew, I knew to the depth of my spirit that I could ask God for anything and he would give it to me. I'm telling you guys, I felt it. And you know, when you think about that, you're like, what did you ask him for? I'm like, did I ask him for money? Did I ask him for a Ferrari? You know, do I ask him for like, you know, uh, a wife? I wasn't married at the time. Do I? What do I ask him for? Like, I, I know, I feel the invitation. God said, what do you want? And I'm telling you guys, what came out of my spirit, it wasn't even out of my mind. It was out of my spirit. And I said, I just want you. 
Because in the moment that God looked at me and I knew that I could ask him for anything, the only response that I had was just you. I just want you. You know, when we seek God in a place of absolute surrender, when we go after beholding the glory of God, self gets canceled. We don't care what other people think about us. We don't care what other people might say about our worship. We just want Him. Amen. So you guys don't mind just to stand up. We're going to pray and close. And Who knows? You know, I may preach this sermon twice and just preach it again next week. I don't know. Because I just kind of gave you guys all kinds of stuff I've been thinking about and praying about this week. And I hope, I hope that it's been a blessing to you. And, you know, I, I believe with all of my heart, there's some people here today that, you know, maybe you've made that trade. Maybe you've traded in presence for principles. Maybe you've traded in prayer for church attendance. Maybe you don't feel that you're acquainted with your first love, that you're just doing things out of routine and monotony. But today you're tired of just religious service and you want to move into real relationship. And I want to pray for you. And, um, you know, I want to bless that decision that you're making, that choice that you're making, that repentance that you're making. But before I do that, I also want to invite anybody who does not know Jesus to come home today. If you don't know Jesus and you're in the room today, you're like, that's me, Lyle. I want to get saved. I want to meet Jesus for the first time with every head bowed, with every eye closed. I just want to invite you, just lift up your hand quickly. I want to pray for you. If you would like to come home, maybe you've been saved before, but you just know you need to get saved again. You're like, I need to get born again, again, Lyle. I just, I need a fresh start with the Lord. I just want you to lift your hand up real quick as well. We're going to pray for you. Amazing. Awesome, awesome. I don't see any hands this morning. Great, lovely. So as a saved um, and set free church family, God, we pray right now. God, forgive us for everything that we've, that we've made this about when it's not been about you. As we approach this season of glory and wonder, let us approach the reason why there is any glory or wonder in the first place, which is you. So today we stand on the foundation that Jesus paid for on the cross and we say, God, we want you. God, we're for you. We want you. We want you. We're hungry for you. And we say we will meet you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. I'm going to invite Naomi to come and she has a few announcements for you guys. But as she does, I just... Can we just lift up just a big round of applause to Jesus and just bless him real good? Amen.